Well, we're changing things up again. Hey, what's up? It's Tim Gavin, and starting next week, we're going to be doing the Tim Gavin Show. A couple reasons for this change. First of all, I had a really great talk with Sound of Podcast host Matt Kundal, and he gave me some fantastic advice on how to not only avoid getting completely delisted from services, but also a way to keep some longevity on this because I decided, hey, I kind of want to do this after I get back to doing a real job as well. And I figure it's an opportunity for me to go deeper as well. I'm going to start talking about more music that I like, talk about some history of pop culture, find some connections that, hey, maybe you didn't notice that before. Maybe it's kind of a small connection. But it's little things that make you wonder. Start thinking about the world as a whole, how music and culture just mixed in with everything. And I think it's going to be really cool. Still kind of ironing everything out, but I'm hoping to have something for you as soon as I can. And make sure you keep listening up for that. Listen up for The Tim Gavin Show coming up on Google Play, on iTunes, pretty much anywhere that you can find a podcast. But in the meantime, I'm going to show off one segment that I thought would be really fun to do. It's something I call Still the Number One, where me and my buddy Scott Mitchell, we go back into the past, look at the Billboard charts, look at the number one from a certain week, and we figure out if it has actually stood the test of time, what other songs from that era deserve to have that number one spot over it, if any, and just have some fun talking about music. So here is that. All right, so welcome to Still the Number One. Joining me is a really, really good friend of mine, Scott Mitchell, also hosts the Somewhat Bland Substance podcast, and you're probably going to reuse this for that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be used in uh, inside one of the breaks there, so that'll work. Perfect. So my idea for this was to go back in time, look at some of the charts from previous years, look at all the number ones, and just kind of talk and see if some songs are still bangers, if they have stood the test of time. Because looking at the charts in the past, sometimes I don't even know or haven't even heard the number one song of that particular time period. And even think, like, just on that note as well, you look at even the last five, ten years, and some of the number one songs that top the charts within the last ten years, uh, they're not getting any airplay on radio or anything anymore, for that matter. Yeah, and sometimes it's just because, well, people get tired of hearing it. Sometimes other songs are just much, much better. And, (laughs) of course, sometimes even have artists getting cancelled. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're looking at you, Despacito, with the songs that are <laughs> that get tiring. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, as far as as far as like songs of the summer go, it still wasn't the worst one. I, I still kind of enjoy it when it comes on occasionally. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, you chose 1996. Yeah, 1996. Just because I feel like it's. Really a year that not too many people talk about, but going through the charts, I can kind of see why. There was a lot of repetition that year. Yeah, like maybe, what, a dozen or so songs that actually made it to number one? Yeah, and I decided to pick the one single that was only number one for one week. Only one. And even then... Even then, the singer actually managed to have, like, two number one singles that year. Tony Braxton, I chose You're Making Me High. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, 
we should probably mention that on this week back in 1996, it was Celine Dion's uh, Because He Loved Me that was number one, which I don't think has stood the test of time, let's be honest. Yeah, well, how how often do you actually listen to Celine Dion? (laughs) Not often. (laughs) Yeah, literally the last, actually, no, I was listening to Celine Dion a few weeks ago. I had this random compilation CD and Celine Dion came on and was like, oh, hey, this is a good song. So which one was it? It was I Drove All Night. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, Tony Braxton, you're making me high. Yeah, I could see that uh that song. That's another one that I don't think has stood the test of time per se, but it's still good. I'd say I, I'd kind of agree with you there because Honestly, I can't remember the last time anyone really talked about Tony Braxton, at least in my circle of friends and family. But going back to listen to that song, it is good. Yeah, yeah. Wave, I would say uh, the uh, that's the better song between that one and Unbreak My Heart. Uh, but I mean, Unbreak My Heart, it's, it's one that's almost a little bit more timeless. I kind of feel like Tony Braxton was trying to pull a Mariah Carey on that one, though. <laughs> in which case... Enough. In, in that sense, because when I first heard that song, I thought it was Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's totally fair. Um, I, I, uh, I went through the list of songs released in uh, 1996, and I did come up with a list of five that I personally enjoy every time they come on. Yeah, okay. So uh, what, what songs do you think have... So have they stood the test of time, or are they just songs you enjoy? I, I think some of them have. You could be the judge on that one, but I think a lot of them have. Um, I'm going to start off with Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. Oh, yeah, that is my jam. Like a great summer song right there. Yeah, but still sounds very 90s. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, the Gin Blossoms, Follow You Down. I don't think I've heard that one before. No? No, okay. Obviously, you know, you've heard Gin Blossom songs before, right? Oh, totally. But I just, I haven't heard that Gin Blossom song. Oh, it, it's good. You got to take a listen to it. Um, 1996, despite the fact that it wasn't necessarily a big year overall in terms of turnover on the charts, it was a big year for Canadian artists. You know, oh, we yeah. mentioned Celine Dion. Uh, Alanis Morissette had a breakout year in 1996 as well. Yeah, I was looking and, at the charts for my week. She was on there twice. I I don't doubt that. Like, I think most of her singles that are still getting played today on the radio were released back in 1996. Yep. Jagged Little Pill soundtrack to 96. It, pretty much. But I'm going to go with Brian Adams. The only thing that looks good on me is you. Brian, I see. I was even looking through the charts. I, I completely forgot that he was on there. <laughs> but yeah, that is um, another one of those songs that, it, I don't know, it just kind of gives you the, the, the good vibes, if you will, when you're listening to it. Well, you can't go wrong with Brian Adams. Like, No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, the Wallflowers, One Headlight. Yeah. That one has it, It's kind of a shame that they only time. had that one song, though. Like, I, I feel like they deserved a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's still a great song, no matter what. Oh, absolutely. And okay, so and oh. finally, I have one more. And uh probably one of my favorite bands of all time, also Canadiana, The Tragically Hip Ahead by a Century. Best song by the hip by far. Uh 
that might be debatable, but it's top five for sure. It's one of my favorites, though. Absolutely. Like, I, but I do agree, like, there are a whole bunch of other hip songs that could be considered the best. Uh, and it's all going to be based on uh, your own preference, I guess. Mm-hmm. So what do you got on uh, uh, anything else on your list over there? Yeah, so I actually scoured the charts for that particular week, looked at the Billboard charts, and there were a few songs that I did recognize, some that I actually liked more than Tony Braxton. So coming in at number two, uh, of course, Tupac with California Love. Okay. Also um, on that single, the the B-side. Actually, no, it was a double A-side. And Tupac did a song with Casey and JoJo, How You Want It. Oh, right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Needless to say, California Love, definitely the better of the two songs. Yes. Also, Eric Clapton at number seven. I totally forgot that Eric Clapton was still a thing in 1996. Which song? Change the World. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I kind of think that Eric Clapton, he was just kind of filling that void, white guy with an acoustic guitar that, of course, John Mayer would go on to to, uh, do exactly 10 years later with Waiting on the World to Change. Right, yeah. And then 10 years after that, we had Ed Sheeran. (laughs) (laughs) So just by 2026, we are either going to get uh, a comeback from a dad rock icon or just another random guy with an acoustic guitar. It's going to be just tearing up the charts completely. You said dad rock icon, and I immediately thought of like ZZ Top rolling out onto the stage in wheelchairs. <laughs> oh no, they're just they're going to stand around forever. They're they're like the they're like Queen Elizabeth. They're going to be eternal. That yeah, they might they may very well be immortal. Yeah. So coming up later on in the charts, another song that's, it, it's kind of, this one's kind of a guilty pleasure for me, Quad City DJs, Come On Ride It. You oh, that one? Uh, yes. Their yes. other great song besides the iconic Space Jam theme. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I'll, that's, yeah. that's a great song. And you were talking about Canadian artists earlier. So of course, um, Alanis Morissette had um, You Learn and You Ought to Know both at number six yeah kind of feel like those two should have been swapped because like you ought to know and then you learn Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but here's a singer that i am surprised you completely overlooked number 17 jan arden with insensitive it's not the greatest jan arden song it's it's good don't get me wrong but it's not the greatest jan arden song Still, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see Jan Arden on there. I always thought, see, I, I I've always liked Jan Arden, but I never really knew just how popular she was until just recently. Yeah, and um, nowadays she's just sounding off on Twitter all the time. It's great. <laughs> oh, it is. She's fantastic. Yeah. Also, uh, big year for the Macarena. Like the week after Tony Braxton was number one on the charts. The Macarena would go into number one. And this week, it was actually on the charts twice. The remix, which went to number one, was at number four. And then the original was all the way down at number 88. I knew at some point the Macarena was going to come up in this conversation. Well, yeah, like you can't really talk 90s music without talking about the Macarena at least once. And Do you like the Macarena? 
Yes. Um, it was a staple in like the elementary school years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like just um, every single elementary school dance had to include the Macarena as part of it. I kind of feel like it was the Despacito of the 90s. Not just because it's Spanish, <laughs> but because it was everywhere and you could not escape it. Fantastic comparison. <laughs> also, two very surprising entries on the charts. Uh, number 21, uh, are you familiar with Robert Miles? Not off the top of my head. Okay, well, there he had this one single called Children and... It was like the biggest trance song of the night. Like this is like one of those songs that kind of brought trance music into not really the mainstream, but kind of got it in some people's heads. It was one of the biggest dance songs of that era. And it was all the way up to number 21. So I think out of all the songs that were charting, it was my favorite to make this chart just because it was so different from everything else. Fair enough. And... The weirdest entry, number 73, Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, God. With Alan Jackson. Song called Redneck Games. And back when I was first, like, discovering stand-up comedy, Jeff Foxworthy, he was one of my first go-tos. And I remember picking up this music CD of Jess Foxworthy's from the library. And it was just, it was literally his stand-up routines from previous albums with country music over them. And for the longest time, I thought that was like the funniest thing ever. I was about to say music CD is a very loose term with that. It's much like Shatner's CD of Christmas songs. (laughs) I'd go so far as saying that William Shatner was more musical than Jeff Foxworthy. Barely, barely. Barely, and it was definitely more entertaining. You might be a redneck if <laughs> you choose Jeff Foxworthy's on, on this chart. <laughs> so yeah, that was the weirdness that is 1996. A lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on. You dig maybe a little this is, bit deeper. Maybe this is why people don't talk about 1996. <laughs> Well, yeah, like 2019 actually had more number ones than 1996. I'm just saying in general, though, like the music might have been why people don't talk about 1996 all that much. Yeah, it was was a wild time. All right. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and let's do this again sometime, Scott. I agree. I agree. This was fun. Yeah, so next time it's your turn to pick the year. Okay. Okay, I'll try making it something that, you know, isn't so crazy, hopefully. <laughs> no, pick something crazy. I, I want to be surprised. I, I want to be like, wow, that was number one? Pretty much, all right. It's kind of funny. As soon as we finished recording that, I already had a lot of other great ideas on some other directions we can take that, make it a little more coherent, add a little more music history in there. So expect that and a whole lot more really cool music stuff on the Tim Gavin Show coming up in the future. Also really quick, I wanted to say thank you to all the musicians who have contributed music to Unemployed with Tim Gavin. Huge thank you to Pat Laporte for making some imaging as well as a few other friends who did voicing on some more of those fake commercials that I made. Probably going to be doing a lot more of those in the future as well, just because I had a lot of fun putting them together. 
and expect a lot of fun stuff coming up in the future. This is still new. It's still going to be kind of uncharted waters. And I'm looking forward to seeing what directions I can take this and just how entertaining we can make music history and just talk about music in general.